Hello, and welcome to On the Irregular with me, Java Berry, a podcast where I chat to women from all walks of life about their own unique creative journey, how they got here, how their story has shaped their creative work, what they've learned, what has helped them, and where they plan to go from here. It's an irregular journey for so many of us, and I am delighted to offer a platform to share these fascinating stories and wells of wisdom. In this episode, I talk to the journalist and author Amy Liptrot. Amy grew up in Orkney before moving to London in her 20s to pursue a career as a journalist. Her memoir, The Outrun, is an account of her alcoholism during this time, her recovery, and the pull between the island and the city. The book won her the Penn Ackley Prize, the Wainwright Prize, has been translated into 15 languages, is a Sunday Times bestseller, and is currently being made into a film starring Saoirse Ronan. But it wasn't easy getting here. We talk about Amy's initial career expectations, her writing process, and her forthcoming book, The Instant, published on March 3rd, 2022. We, of course, also managed to fit in talking about swimming outdoors and the full moon. Amy is a friend and lives locally, so for our chat we decided to go on a walk through the fields to Amy's favourite tree, accompanied by her youngest child strapped to her back. Welcome to episode two of On the Irregular, with lovely Amy's dulcet tones against the backdrop of the West Yorkshire fields. Well, thank you for giving me your morning. <laughs> um, my uh, pleasure, yes, yeah, nice to be asked. Yeah. Yeah. Some, not not just all of them, but I listened to some some of the episodes, and um, one of them I was listening to, and it started me thinking, like, what would my answers be to this? So, uh, oh, that's good. Uh, that that it yeah, and then it was shortly after that that you asked me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. <laughs> I guess what kind of what instigated it was that I was asking myself those questions uh-huh. and sharing, and I thought uh-huh. I'd really love to hear other people's yep. answers to these questions and hear what they've got to say and it's so it's so interesting kind of like the themes that come up and the common the common feelings and thoughts on a lot of them um but then also totally unique yes i was born and grew up in the orkney islands at the north of scotland um on a sheep farm Uh, although my parents are english so i've not got a Real, uh, Australian accent. <laughs> uh, people are surprised that I don't speak with a strong Scottish accent, but that's because my my folks are English. So uh, even though I grew up there, I think I was a little bit of an outsider, which is a good viewpoint for being a writer. I always think to have a one foot in and one foot out. Uh, but yeah, had a pretty uh, pretty free childhood on the farm. Uh, which is beside the cliffs, beside the Atlantic in, in Scotland. Um, uh, but when I was a teenager, I certainly wanted to leave. Uh, like the things that I was interested in certainly didn't go on in in the Scottish Islands. I can imagine, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was interested in music and art and books and uh, wanted to get away as soon as I could um, and um, I uh, yeah I guess I was quite a good student at school and I got a place at uh, Edinburgh University uh, how big was how big was the school in opening uh-huh. um, there's two secondary schools in opening okay um, so there's a population of about 20,000 in all the islands. Right. So it's not as small as you know, some people might think. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, we lived on what we call the mainland, which is the biggest island. And then there were, there were like 30 other, other islands, ranging from hundreds of people to one family. It's, so it's a group of islands. Uh, wow. And so... So you um, got a place at uni at Edinburgh. You said that you were torn between studying literature. Was it English literature? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I ended up doing. Um, but I certainly, yeah, I couldn't decide whether I wanted to uh, study uh, more academic literature or go to art school, um, which 
uh, was you know I did I did some art at school. Uh, but then I think I often I did paintings and stuff, and I often ended up writing lines of uh, text over them. So, yeah. Uh, I think that's what made me decide to go. Because uh, did you paint? I feel I like know. I've seen paintings of birds on big barn doors. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that. Um, yeah, I still like to do the odd kind of art craft project, and and that was one recent one about a few years ago. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's not a small project. <laughs> uh, but I think when I did move to Edinburgh, I ended up hanging round the art school as right. much as possible and living my housemates were art students. Um, this is going across the seven uh, <laughs> I think I'm just going to accept my feet are going to get wet here. Uh, um, yeah, and I met someone in London who introduced me to someone that, that I had gone to art school with him and I was really chuffed because my deception was complete that I, <laughs> that I managed to hang around there so much that people actually thought that I... But you'd actually that been to art there. school? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was just sort of always attracted to that kind of world, I yeah. suppose. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think... That kind of almost feels like you got the best of both worlds there. You managed to study something academic whilst uh -huh. having the art school social life. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then the freedom to just carry on being creative however you wished. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah. So then how did you how did you end up in London from Edinburgh? Um I always kind of thought I might move to London. It was where the uh, the music press was and the style press and yeah. uh, the centre of things. Um, and I think what, when I was a student, what I thought was I wanted to be was a, a journalist. Um, and I was really involved with the student newspaper in Edinburgh and put more work into that than I did into my degree, definitely. Uh, and that was brilliant, I loved it. Met a lot of good friends there. Uh, I was the editor of that in my final year, and oh. uh, <laughs> uh, and <laughs> that was kind of like uh, the high point of of my my working life for quite a long time. That's <laughs> <laughs> what so I was always trying to recreate that atmosphere of the team yeah. there. Uh, um, but yeah, I got I did a couple of internships. I went down to London and. Uh, um, I was an intern at the Face magazine back in oh the, my goodness back in the early two thousands. The height <laughs> of coolness. Oh my god! Uh, I used to because like, in Barcelona you could get it in like specific, yeah. um, specific was, shops, and uh, I would treasure any any copy. I remember the moment when I saw the advert for interns in the back of the magazine. And I just saw it and thought, I'm going to do that. <laughs> and it was one of those moments where you can feel your life changing. Yes. Like, you know, I've got what it takes to put in that application and get yes. that. And I'm able to do it. And that's what I'm going to do. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> so exciting. Yeah. So I really thought I was the bee's knees. I bet you did. That was before my, um, in between my third and fourth year at university, going off down to London for the summer. Um, uh, wow. But I think um, yeah. that kind of gave me unrealistic realistic expectations yeah. of the of the kind of job that I'd be able to get out of uni okay um, because I didn't manage to get a job in the media for quite a few years after that yeah uh, yeah um, that's the thing as well about like unpaid gigs uh -huh. <laughs> it's like you're and, doing this great work but yeah and I started getting I got the odd article in, uh, um, but just, you know, not enough to make a living at by any means. Yeah, of course. Um, went home to work for a bit, worked as a cleaner, uh, but I started getting a few little, like, music reviews and stuff in the press. Uh, so then I was like, this is enough, I'm moving to London, yeah. yeah. I'm moving to London to be a writer. Uh, um, and, yeah, I had various temp jobs in London, office jobs. Um, uh, working in the uh, 
lost cars department of Haringey Council. Oh. Uh, <laughs> working in the post office. Right. Um, stuff like that. Yeah. But I was yeah, trying to uh, become a, a freelance kind of arts journalist. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess the thing was, I, I was also um, uh, becoming more and more uh, alcoholic. That was... Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I really... Uh, yeah, when I was a student, I'd managed to um, fairly successfully balance partying and working. But as each year went on, the, uh, the drinking got more and the writing got less yeah. for quite a long time. For every year of my 20s, I think. And I, I'd had this sort of potential, I guess, when I was a student. And uh, We're going uh, up this way. Yes, yeah. the steep way. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, and I felt quite frustrated when I sort of saw my peers who were like getting proper jobs and getting published and and I felt that I wasn't really at all yeah uh, uh, I was losing jobs and getting knocked back and um, uh, but I didn't deserve to to get to get those jobs because I was I was unreliable and sloppy uh, that must have been hard as well kind of like you said having come from being editor of the newspaper and and then having these internships and it being very exciting and feeling like yeah this is what the future holds yeah. and then for it to not yeah. actually work out like that for a while yeah i'm still back at my parents and uh, uh yeah doing different temp jobs and i don't know, i had a few different jobs uh like writing journalism jobs but not the kind of subject area that I was so interested in. I worked for a corporate communications company for a few years. Yeah. And I worked for like industry magazines. I worked for a magazine. Oh. You were right. <laughs> Yeah, carrying this baby up the hill is quite... How, um, how much does he weigh? Uh, he weighs 12 kilos. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> the frost is pretty, isn't it? On the, uh, yeah. Oak leaves. It's lovely. Um, it's funny to think back uh, to these times. There's probably lots I'm missing out. But yeah, I worked for a, a magazine about the health and safety industry. Oh, the that must be fascinating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I kept getting fired because of my drinking, basically. <laughs> right. Yeah, which I'm laughing about it now, but it was uh, not fun times. Yeah, I can uh, imagine. Um, Oh, is it a deer? No, it's not. Is it a deer? No, no it's, it's a dog. Big, it's a big dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's got like, his, his it ears like look deer-like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a deer. I can see the sun up there. We're going into the sun. Yeah, I'm already roasting. <laughs> <sighs> I love this bit. Just... Yeah, the silver birch. Yeah. There's always a point in the valley where I feel like when you come up, there's just a point where you get out of the shadow yeah. of the other side and suddenly it's like yeah. the link has come off. That's why I try and walk every day is because otherwise you just live in shadow yeah. every, all day yeah. long. Yeah. It's like you just have to get up high <laughs> at least just for like 20 minutes. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> the bulbs have started... Um, flowering in our window so actually and so then you you mentioned um about how a lot of your writing you learnt through writing your diaries uh-huh. yeah um uh i started writing di- keeping diaries and secret notebooks uh when I was about eight years old mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've never stopped uh, a lot of people it's something that they do when they're a teenager yeah uh, and I certainly did but most people kind of stop it but rather embarrassingly I've just kept going 
You um, say embarrassingly, but <laughs> it's not though, is it? It's wonderful. Uh, uh, and that, I think that's where I found my voice. Uh, I was writing these screeds of, of journals. Um, and then in my first book, there's quite a lot of lines that come out of diaries from like 10 years earlier. You know, I really went through a process of sifting through all my teenage diaries yeah. to get for the outrun. That's uh, so fantastic to have that material there. That's just like a bank of material yeah, yeah. to draw on. Because I was similar, I started writing diaries as soon as I could learn to write and read. <laughs> so I must have been about six or seven. And I, my grandmother really encouraged me to write them. And I carried on through childhood and then through teens. But then the ones that I wrote in my teens were so full of angst and awful poetry. Uh-huh. I burnt them all uh-huh. and I'm so oh. sad. Oh, that makes me feel a bit ill. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I just think, you know, there was, even though I felt like I wanted to shed what I was feeling and that I'd written in those diaries, it's so sad that yeah. I couldn't just, just, you know, park them in a box and then uh-huh. revisit them years later. Because yeah, even though it was I, bad, bad poetry and bad drawings, you know, it was still, it's your life, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I do, I find it pretty cringy to look back even beyond about a year ago. Um, but I like to, uh, to know that they're there. Yeah. And I think I did have a picture when I was a kid of like when I was older and having this like stack of journals. Yeah. So, sort of visualised it. Which yeah. you must have now. Yeah, I do. <laughs> wow. Yeah, a big box full. It's such a good exercise. You write every day? Pretty much, yeah. You just write page a day. Yeah. And it's just a habit now that I, that yeah. I do. Uh, That's so lovely because then also your kids will be able to read back on their childhood. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess I, and I do know now that I'm, it's often, I'm quite often develop it. So I have a bit of an eye for that when I'm writing them. Like there's a little episode in the day that I think I might use at a later stage. I just try and remember the details. And, yeah. And, uh, and I try not to let the, always the sort of temptation with the diary is to turn into a sort of moaning about stuff. Yeah. So I try not to do that and I try to concentrate a lot on sort of physical details and small moments and interesting things that people say to me. I kind of have a way of, of not just trying to be fairly positive, I suppose. Yeah, just kind of more like, I try and get some concrete details in there, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I guess it's, yeah, just quite not formulaic but I can just do it quite easily now. Well, like you said, um, sif- sifting, <coughs> sifting for uh-huh. moments. And yeah, and then I will, yeah, and that's a lot of my work has come through going back through my diaries and looking for a particular subject and yeah. getting all the material about that. I have a very, um, very labour intensive, slow writing method mm-hmm. uh, that involves doing lots of drafts in, in taking notes and then putting it together in documents and then printing it out and scrolling all over it by hand and typing it back in. So I write very slowly yeah. uh, with using big use of a copy and paste function. Uh, <coughs> I don't write sort of fluently from, from A to Z. Yeah. <coughs> um, uh, and it all comes together. I've, I've realised the power of the... Uh, of um, editing. Well, uh, I, I was just going to say, yeah. what you've described to me sounds uh, a lot like editing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, quite often my first drafts are pretty bitty, and then through the editing process they become, oh, it's lovely up here, sunshine. Sunshine on frosty grass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's <is> nice. <laughs> Gosh, it's like arriving in a new world. <laughs> yeah, we've come out of the shadow <laughs> of the valley where we live. Into glowing sunshine yeah. and blue skies. And this is, is this the same tree that you're thinking of? I need to see it from uh, that direction. Okay. <laughs> Whether it is or not, it's yeah. a beautiful tree. <laughs> yeah. It's a, an ash tree with a ribbon. A ribbon. Uh, a riven trunk? I think that's what you call it when the trunk goes in two. Oh, okay. I think that's what it is. And so when... Because, of course, you're... You had huge success with the outrun. 
Had that been something that you'd considered? Because you were talking about how you really wanted to be working in journalism and that's the path that you thought. Had you, did you have a book in mind? Um, yeah, I was sort of focused on being a journalist and I even got a job as a, as a news reporter, but actually back home in Orkney for a while. Um, I was a really bad journalist. I just didn't have a nose for a story at all. It wasn't hard, hard, hard line enough at get, getting information out of people and fact-checking. And, uh, <laughs> um, but I think I had an idea that I was capable of writing a novel. And I think I used to tell people when I was pissed that I was writing a novel. Mm -hmm. In fact, I met someone who I'd, I didn't remember who I'd met when I was drunk more recently. And he said, how's the novel coming along? So I must have told people, it's something I used to speak about. And oh, indeed, I, I did make a start at one when I was still drinking, but I never got very far because you can, sort of a, for me, there's a very small sweet spot you can write when you're drinking. Yeah. And after that, it kind of descends into rubbish and yep. it's really hard to pick up again. Uh, but I had some fragments around and actually a few of those fragments did end up in the art run. Some little bits. Um, but then what happened? Um, uh, yeah, then, well, the outrun kind of came out of two different pieces of work, which was uh, one was a blog that I kept while I was in rehab, and the second one was I moved back to Orkney and I started writing. I started off as a blog, but it, ended up being these columns on a nature website. Oh yes, uh, I remember. Called Caught by the River. Yeah. Um, and the first one was about repairing dry stone walls on my dad's farm. Mm -hmm. And the second one was about finding a dead whale washed up. And there was one about working on the farm at lambing time. And these nature island life co columns combined with the 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 blog from rehab, that was really the basis of, of the outrun. Yeah. Uh, and I just worked from there. And the two kind of styles that combined was like my back, that's more kind of technical background as a journalist, mm -hmm. but then my diaries as well. And that's those two styles together. So yeah, I think that's how it, how, what it was. That memoir and journalism, it was a potent combination. Yeah. And I just kind of struck, I think on a, on a style that worked, that worked for me and that was readable, mm -hmm. that kind of readers followed me through my, my journey of learning about the world and through that they were able to, to learn about the world mm -hmm. um, in a kind of readable way. Um, but yeah, it took two winters to write it and even though a lot of the material was I'd had for years, um, yeah, it got published and I couldn't believe it. And, uh, yeah. Uh, got good reviews and, and sold quite a lot of copies and <laughs> I'm still still can't get over it like six years later <laughs> all yeah. around the world <laughs> um, this has been translated uh, yes. into several languages yeah, isn't it yeah yeah uh, 15 languages I think <laughs> wow yeah. yeah it's been absolutely it's like what you dream would happen when you write a book yeah <laughs> um, and you know I, I was proud of the book when I finished it I thought it was good but I didn't know that all this would happen and and then a lot of my life, the last few years, has been sort of like communicating with readers, people get in touch with me who've read it, or doing stuff that's involved with the onward life of the book, like like I'm speaking to a Russian magazine next week because it's, it's, it's doing quite well in Russia and stuff like that. Uh, that's just <laughs> so... Yeah. I love the things that, you, in a way, you could never really predict or expect. No. Uh, I'm big in uh, Russia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get, I get quite a few messages from from Russian readers. Is he asleep? He's uh, just kind of turning out and drooling he's, a little he's quiet, bit. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah. this is your dream. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, it's far, it's far more majestic than the one that I was thinking. Uh, okay. I think I was yeah. possibly thinking of one that we walked past back there. It's like a tiny little scratch. It might even be that one. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's the, the loneliness of that tree yeah, appeals to me somehow. Spot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but it's just quite a, uh, in the spring. I bet. I was just thinking that because it's bare. Well, the leaves don't come out until quite late on this one. Mm -hmm. um, 
and then but in the springtime it's a nice sort of meadow here yeah you can sit it's got a great view down the valley Sidley Pike yeah Sidley Pike yeah. Hepton Stall yeah oh I'm warm <laughs> I've got too many clothes on I know me too <laughs> how are you Ivor <laughs> <laughs> It's so lovely, his blonde curls against the blue sky. Okay, <laughs> yeah, thinking that sort of the podcast is about kind of irregular routes, and I, I'm talking about the book doing well, but it, which makes it sound like it sort of came easy. <laughs> but um, no. I suppose it didn't. Uh, I think it took me, well, what felt at the time like a long time to find my voice as a writer. Yeah, and I think. Even when I look back to that, the blog that I wrote in rehab, it's quite a different voice. It's sort of me, I'm quite trying to be, crack lots of jokes and be quite sort of ironic and detached and yeah. sort of like this, like, kind of music press kind of sarcastic yeah. voice. And I think it took me, like, going back to Orkney and kind of looking at, at where I grew up to kind of develop this more kind of lyrical sort of earnest voice really yeah. it w which wasn't what I wanted to be <laughs> yeah I, I wanted yeah uh, and quite sensitive uh, yeah uh-huh uh, you know I, I think I thought that I was I was too cool for that <laughs> um, which I find interesting that how mm. you find your voice and also the voice that I tend to stick to as a writer is not quite me how I'm talking to you now, yeah. it's a slightly more kind of arrogant or sort of like omni omnipotent kind of mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of knowledgeable, confident voice. I think in uh, in my writing, and then I think people when they meet me, I'm I'm more kind of hesitant and self-deprecating, and probably a bit disappointing in, in real life. <laughs> that's what that's my my general fear is that people who've read read, read my books are going <laughs> to be disappointed when when they meet me in real life. Um, I hardly, <laughs> hardly <laughs> think that's this true. This is what goes on in my head all the time. When I meet readers of the book, I just think, oh, oh dear. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I can understand, I suppose, when, when you've had such success with something as well that, and, and people respond to it, it's, you know, you, but you feel, well, it's still just me. It's just me. And yeah, and in writing, you're able to craft things very well. Exactly. And you know, this is my best version of what yeah. I want to say, and I don't come out with paragraphs like that yeah. uh, all the time, I'm afraid. Yeah, <clears throat> it's an edited version of you mm -hmm. and your thoughts, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess that's why we write, isn't it? Because we're, we're able to express in there things that we, we can't express in conversation or face-to-face. -face and, yeah. uh, and that's why we read as well, to, to, um, to get that full picture of, of how someone sees the world. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's why it's very, it's very um, exposing to to put stuff out there because mm. uh, it's sort of like it's fixed then I, I feel like in in real life when we meet people we're always slightly altering how we communicate and uh, which call it like code switching but then when you've written something that's one fixed version so everybody who who this is what I've when the book was being published or my new book could be published everyone like you but also my mum or people that I've worked with or some other members of my family they all might read it and it's then I can't and I, you have to be quite strong yes <laughs> I see what you mean you yeah I mean? like for example like when you uh -huh. meet people and like I notice that with my accent will often change depending uh -huh. on who I'm talking to because uh -huh. you kind of like adapt to communicate to communicate mm -hmm. but like you say yeah if you just put something out there it just stands alone yeah and people respond to it yeah. in their own individual way and it's you can't alter it and, uh, and that's what's quite scary about it and also with my writing with my new book I take some risks um, uh, and with my new book I've taken some risks both emotional risks and kind of artistic risks as well mm. and I think that's often what you need to do to make something good but then it is a risk that it might yeah. not it might not work yeah uh, people it might, yeah, it might be unsuccessful or embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it is, and I'm, yeah, before the publication of the Outrun, and right now, shortly before my second book is going to be published, I start to feel really bonkers. And I've heard other writers tell me that similar thing as well, because you suddenly realise that it's other people are going to read it, which yeah. sounds silly, but. Um, um, because it's been living inside you and you've yeah. been working. It's, I guess you have a relationship with it. Yeah. Over that time, and then 
You're, oh God, it must feel very raw. <laughs> uh, and I just I keep thinking, oh, why have I done this? Uh, even with the outrun, even with the good reception that it, it nearly completely got, I just thought, why have I written about my family? Mm. Um, can I take it back? I feel so embarrassed. Uh, and then dispersed with feeling sort of pride and, and connection. Uh, um, but yeah, it does. It doesn't come naturally, maybe. To share, you're not naturally kind of like an oversharer in that sense. Maybe not, no. Um, uh, yeah, not in, yeah, but in my particular in my writing. Well, <laughs> I think it maybe gives a, with my new book as well, it might give an impression of being confessional, but actually it's highly selective and crafted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I see it as a. You know, I'm, I'm a writer, I'm not someone who has had an interesting life. <laughs> or, uh, do you see the distinction? As in, that, yeah, so you're yeah. not like Michael Palin, yeah. who's writing a, about yeah. the experiences that he's had, yeah. Or somebody that's written like a, a book about a difficult childhood, yes. because that's just a story that they want. How I would see it is I'm a writer and then I use the material of my life, yes. which is a slightly different distinction, and that's kind of how I want... I, um, I'm hoping that my my second book is received rather than kind of like mm, me um, uh, kind of telling all about my love life. Or yeah, <laughs> like chapter two of the outrun. Yeah, uh huh. Um, is it based in Berlin? Yeah, um, it's. Uh, uh, Do you want to walk? Or? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> um, so after the period of the outrun, I ended up. Um, I moved to Berlin for one year exactly. And the book is uh, based on my time there. Um, So it's another memoir, but it's quite experimental in form. Um, Each chapter pretty much is kind of an extended metaphor. This is my concept. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, For instance, there's one one chapter that's about being in a techno club, and it's also about swimming underwater. And there's one chapter that's about the digital aftermath of a relationship but it's also about archaeology so these are okay so most chapters kind of have two concepts that kind of that kind of dance around each other yeah um, digital aftermath so do you mean like <laughs> scouring through Absol- old messages and emails okay. yes um which is something that i have very much struggled with in the past yeah um and um, when I've mentioned it to other people, I've discovered it's something that a lot of other people have experience of as well. Yeah. Um, you okay? Uh, about everything that's left over of a relationship digitally. Yes. When you break up. And also about sometimes the difficulty of, well, either kind of like online stalking somebody. Yeah. Or coming across them online. Or all the kind of weirdnesses that can... The ability to kind of keep tabs on somebody, um, uh, and for me it was just I kept on, I kept on looking at an ex's pages, and I couldn't. It was like an addict. It's certainly for me. I have an addictive personality, and that's another manifestation of it. Yeah. Um, and it's really embarrassing to write about. You know, it's something that it was really a huge problem for me for for at different points. Um, kind of that obsession. Mm-hmm. And that un- inability to let go. Um, so I thought, this is what I'm obsessed with. This is what keeps coming up in my diaries. I'm going to write about this. I'm going to explore it. Yeah. But it's embarrassing, you know, particularly as a, as a woman in your 30s, you know, <laughs> to be talking about this stuff. Um, but it's so, yeah. it's so uh, common, though. Like you said, I think it's something that we really don't want to admit, but so many of us do. Yeah. So I really hope that by by kind of exploring that, that that people will connect with it and yeah. Uh, um, and I know and my I know it's part is trivial in terms of the the uh, all the things that are going on in the world. But it's also um, a reality that we all live yeah. with, though, don't we? You know, our, our relationship uh, with with the digital, it, yeah, in all its forms, social media, which WhatsApp. I find, I find that very interesting to write about, and. Um, you know, and and broken hearts are the stuff of, yeah. of music and poetry and yeah. and 
and I'm trying to write about that in a slightly, in a slightly different form. Uh, um, yeah, and also in, in kind of um, juxtaposition, juxtaposition and, well, intertwined with writing about the natural world. Uh, um, which I think a lot of there's nature writing and often kind of leaves out certain aspects of people's lives, but I want to put the sex back into nature writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh oh. How do we get out of here? <laughs> do we walk over that way? Um, I think we walk oh. over that way. Yeah. And then, because we can make our way. Okay. There is a path that takes us up that way, and then we can go back down past the mill. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'll follow you. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's our neighbour Tess with the dog. <laughs> wow. So that's is that coming out in February? Third uh, of March. Yeah, quite March. Six weeks time or something. And then, because um, you you also you do work as a journalist as well, don't you? Well, I do the odd book review or uh, done that way. I guess more kind of um, uh, first person-y bit rather than anything very uh, hard hitting. I guess I've been lucky enough that um, doing my own my own work I've been able to to, to do that sort of uh, as my only job around around having the kids in the last few years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess people, a lot of people know you for your swimming. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Feels like you're kind of the poster girl of, of cold water swimming. Yeah, I want that now. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I guess that's what I tend to post about online quite a lot because uh, it's... Um, uh, it's nice to take a picture when you when you walk up a hill and a nice place. Uh, and it's interesting what you're talking about, yeah. you know, having an addictive personality, which yeah. I can completely relate to, um, because I always find that with swimming, it feels like oh yeah, it's a complete addiction because you get a hit. Yeah, I crave that cold. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, and I, I often, as soon as I come out, I just want to go back yeah, in again. That's it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's that, and uh, uh, it's a real sensation. Um, that but it's kind of it's it's a healthy one yes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, for me it's quite it's quite a major one that um something that replaced uh that replaced alcohol in my life yeah and it is something that i use on a special occasion on my birthday i want i'll go for a swim or if yeah. somebody's in town i'll take them for a dip rather than going to the pub yeah i, I do use it as quite an equivalent yeah and then like it's something to kind of talk about afterwards and uh, uh, and you get you, yeah. you're buzzed yeah uh, yeah so I've really found it to be for me quite an effective uh, uh, equivalent of, of taking drugs or whatever a little bit yeah <laughs> I think someone yeah. described it to me once as crack <laughs> like because it is it's such a in a way a short hit yeah and so that's why you just keep on going back for more particularly the, the winter swims you can get i feel like more bang for your buck because <laughs> it's, it's so cold that you don't have to be in very long at all to get that sort of buzz yes uh, i think i'm gonna go this afternoon actually for oh, really? the, the full moon is rising it is full moon today uh, isn't it at, um half past three or something so i'm gonna go up the hill uh, <laughs> oh that'd be wonderful yeah uh, yeah it doesn't really when you go get outside you notice the state of the moon and the wind direction yeah. and what's going on with the seasons and temperatures and that's why I really love it actually for that that kind of like literal immersion in the natural world yeah that makes you much more alert to uh to what's going on that's what you can go back to the same body of water and it's different every time I think let's go over this way yeah, I don't know where I'm going yeah <laughs> but I know funny you normally just go quite like coming out for a walk with someone else because you just get off your little uh yeah I just go on my same yeah your loops yeah my little loop <laughs> uh, um what a perfect day for a swim <laughs> with the sky and yeah. the moon will probably be up yeah. by the, the afternoon it's a bit robin i think i think it's 
got to the age where I kind of think this could be an, an early memory for him going with his mum to see the full moon rising. <laughs> Maybe that's a bit, it probably won't be what he remembers. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you write it in your diary, yeah, then you that's know. That's the bad Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, there's a lot of craft and art, but you know, if you, if you look on my social media, you probably think that I spend most of my time swimming. Of course, I don't, you know. It's like, um, spend most of my time um, picking up Lego and uh, <laughs> uh, you know, hanging up washing and um, all the usual stuff. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, a, yeah. It's, it's telling a story yeah. through moments, uh-huh. hand-picked moments. It's a good idea to do the interview outside. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's, it's funny because I used to do... Um, John and I used to organise uh, monthly rambles when we lived in Manchester. Oh, okay. We had a, ram- a rambling yeah, yeah. group called Ramble Pie uh-huh. and we'd uh-huh. go out for walks and I think one of the things that I always found really interesting about it was that um, was the talks. You get conversations going. Yeah, the yeah. talks you'd have with people just through walking uh-huh. and often people would come who I didn't know particularly well, who were friends or friends, but then you'd kind of form a connection with them through having this walk and because the things that would come out and come up and which is so different if you just sat stationary in a pub and and they can become quite intimate because people would break off into pairs or threes and ah, is this the tree that you're thinking of or yes possibly yeah i feel like no 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 i know what it is it's that one over there with the break in the wall there's oh, yeah. something uh-huh. about the wall yeah, yeah. and just like this kind of entryway uh-huh. to the tree yeah <laughs> well, that can be your favourite tree. This one can be my favourite tree. Yeah, <laughs> we can. We'd have like have a picnic with entrees at one and main course at the other. Yeah, I find walking useful when I'm writing as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's often when I'm out that kind of the cogs are turning and the connection will come together, and I'll have ideas and I take notes on my phone when I'm out and about. Uh, yeah, it's very it's important. Uh, put part of my practice. Yeah, <laughs> stomping around these these woods and hills and wherever I am. Yeah, it's like you walk, you walk mm-hmm. through things and you walk and understand things. Because similar, like lately, I've just I've been feeling a lot of things I've not really understood, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. my instinct is just to walk through them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, we've, we've hit a gate. No, not a gate. A fence. <laughs> I wonder if we could get up over that wall, whether we could get over it. Because that looks like it would be a bit of a leap over oh. it, just thinking of you with Ivor. Yeah, the path is just over there. Yeah, so we need to get into that field just so we can get to there. Um, do you ever record your thoughts? Um, like speaking? Yeah. No, I don't. Uh, it's not something. No, it's, writing is That's my go-to yeah. uh, way. It's interesting because I know like, I've spoken to some writers who record their thoughts, uh-huh. but I sometimes find that when I, as soon as I start talking, the thoughts leave my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I can't. Like, there's definitely have to kind of see it written down, and then more comes yeah. and. Oh, wow, we're in proper bog. (laughs) Yes, we can get over there. Yeah. Okay. How do your family feel about you having written about them? Um, uh, Mostly good, I think. Um, I've written about my dad's uh, mental illness, which is something that he's always been open about. And I think as a family, you know, we have talked about stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, that maybe some other people would would be more would be more uh, secretive about. Um, yeah, my mum always encouraged my writing. She used to give me like this blank diary at Christmas every year. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I was thinking about how they did sort of give me room to. Now, there was definitely some difficult aspects in my childhood, but generally it's a it was quite happy and free uh, childhood, and uh, 
for instance, they let me just paint my room in like poster paint and paint the flagstones on the floor with like car spray. Oh my so, yeah. <laughs> people bought the house, they were like, oh, this is ter terrible. But yeah, they let me do it and paint the keys of the piano and stuff like that. But that is uh, very free. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> looking, you know, we're kids of my own now. I'm sort of, you think about these things and I read a lot and yeah. uh, wasn't allowed to watch much telly. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> sounds um, perfect. Perfect training to be a writer. And, and although, although I didn't realise it for a long time, um, I just by grew, growing up where I did, I had that sort of relationship with the birds and the. the the weather because <laughs> uh, it was all around me and I really missed it uh, when, when I was in the city I suppose which didn't give me a long time to sort of identify the, the kind of disquiet that that being homesick brought in me yeah a uh, long time and how do you feel now living uh, so inland <laughs> I really miss the sea I feel sort of tearful about it sometimes the coast yeah. rock pools uh, that kind of awareness of the tides and the different way that the light is um, and all the interesting things that particularly being on an island bring um, yeah uh, but where we live has so many good po other good points yeah. to it that kind of balance off against that um, and there's some good swimming places that are not the sea but they're you know, bodies of water that we've got here certainly got plenty of water around, around here yeah um, what brought you to Hebden Bridge, actually? Uh, see, it's the people that live in this house here. Oh, really, <laughs> Ben? Friends that are writers. Yeah. Uh, who I visited just a short visit, but, um, and then I was back in London for a while, and I thought that um, I wanted to be somewhere a bit more rural, but still not all the way back in Scotland. Mm -hmm. I had, um, so I just came here, and I thought it would just be for a winter. I subletted a house. Um, uh, and then I met a nice Yorkshire man. Quite <laughs> soon after that I had a Yorkshire baby and then another Yorkshire baby and here I still am five <laughs> years later. Six years later. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Because yeah. I remember the first time I saw you because I don't think we'd—I don't think I realised that we lived on the same street. I think I just—you uh -huh. were down by the river and you were heavily pregnant. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and but you looked effortlessly cool in like you were wearing some kind of like like fake fur jacket. <laughs> And we're just wandering around, and I remember thinking, I definitely didn't look like that when I was heavily pregnant. <laughs> and then, and then, shortly after, realised that we actually lived a few doors down from each other. Small town. Yeah. literary community in the, in the valley yeah um, there's the uh, Arbonne Centre yeah the, the, yeah yeah um, it does seem to Bronte's connection of course yes uh, it's funny my connection to this house is um, the woman who they bought it from Eileen uh, yeah. she's an actor yes and that's it yeah I used to be her agent yeah ah right so uh -huh. and now they've bought it yeah it's a lovely it's lovely gorgeous. house yeah it's such a nice spot <laughs> yeah, yeah, with the fields. Oh gosh, imagine yeah. this every day. I've been at a barn all around here. Oh really? Out for it in the evening, and there's. Uh, but yeah, it kind of feels like you're in the countryside, but you're actually right on the edge of town. Yeah. <laughs> many friends here now like both there's the kind of like literary people and then there's the parents of small children yes <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's really nice the community here yeah it is I think that's what keeps us from seriously considering moving I think is the people yes yeah, I think we have similar feelings about the uh, the pros and cons of yeah of life here don't we yeah <laughs> yeah, definitely. But th and this is the thing. I guess it's about figuring out how to how to make it work. Like just this, getting up high and getting some light. Yes. Each day. Uh 
yeah, we, we don't have a garden, but we get the kids out a lot. We yeah. Do, we have the woods yeah, instead. Exactly, yeah. you've got the woods yeah. really on your back doorstep. I love this little pit patch. It feels like the magical yeah, woodland yeah. where the light comes At through the from there. <laughs> yeah. Also, slightly lethal walking down here. <laughs> it's been so quiet. It's yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, so I often come up for a walk in the late afternoon because that's when he's, you know, when they can get grumpy and yeah. he's come for a little circuit round. Can you the woodpeckers, eh? Oh, yeah. Sounds like a creaking door. Mm. I've got an idea that I want to build or get Dom to build an owl box. Because um, I hear the owls all the time. Mm. And apparently, if you build a, a nesting box, one might come and nest in it and you can get an owl. Really? <laughs> Apparently. That seems very straightforward. Yeah, no. <laughs> I think you, you need to make it on the right, at the right height and in the right orientation and in the right sort of habitat. Um, you have to, have to think like an owl. Like if I was an owl, yeah. where would I be looking? Yeah. And would this be just what I needed? I'd have to wait a few years. Uh, but yeah. But eventually the, the right owl my, might come. That's my plan for the next few years, get an owl. <laughs> 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 there's a there's a woman around the corner from us who has a pigeon. Right. I think it flew into her bedroom one day by accident and has never left. What's in her house? It's in her house. What? Yeah, she because uh, I walked past <laughs> and and I saw she had this pigeon on her shoulder, and it was the healthiest, fattest, right. shiniest pigeon I've ever seen. So yeah, just flew in and she fed it and then it just stayed. She kept on trying to free it by taking it to the woods and it just would fly back to her. <laughs> oh, that's a good point, yeah. I feel very lucky to have spent the first full moon chatting with you this morning. Okay. The first full moon of 2022. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Perfect timing. Yeah. yeah. What a beautiful walk. Well, even if it hasn't recorded anything, I had a lovely time. <laughs> Outrun by Amy Liptrot is available to buy from all good bookshops and The Instant is available for pre-order wherever you buy your books and will be published on the 3rd of March. You can also find Amy on Instagram and Twitter at Amy May. Please refer to the show notes for links. Thank you so much for listening to On The Irregular. Please make sure you review and subscribe as it helps other listeners find us. <laughs>